0: Welcome to the All Inclusive Podcast, where each week I chat with industry experts and diversity, equity, and inclusion executives from the world's leading global brands who share their knowledge, experience, and actual takeaways to help inclusive employers create cultures of belonging where everyone can thrive. Today, I'm joined with James Cheng. Hi, James.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me today.
0: No, thank you. And so I think the best thing to do really is is to get you to take it away and tell us a little bit about you.
1: As you mentioned, James Chang, I'm actually part of Zimmer Biomet. We're a medical technology organization uh, specializing in the orthopedic space, one of the top organizations out there globally. Uh, I head up our diversity, equity, and inclusion work here at Zimmer Biomat. Um and a little bit more about me to kind of kick us off, because I kind of want to sh- uh, have a little bit more of a dialogue and conversation about today, so yes. uh, a little more of an insight about me and how and why I'm a DEI practitioner, if that mm. helps. Um, First and foremost, I am a 1.5 generation Chinese American, Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll explain that one later. I am a LGBT man, so I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. I am a veteran in the U.S. Air Force, um, so served my time there. I am someone with an invisible disability that does not hinder or affect my work. And then ultimately I am a brand new proud uncle uh, to my first nephew. Um, uh, So that's another huge thing. So a little bit of a touch point, and that's kind of sets the tone of my personal self, but also elements of why I do the work I do. Hmm. And kind of leads into my purpose and i'll touch on that later
0: i want us to really have a nice in-depth conversation i want to get to know you more get to know your journey for and for our listeners to get to know you and what and the work that you're doing and and the reasons why you're doing it as well so i think can we just tell us a little bit more about your journey to the role that you're at at the moment with zimmer biomet
1: absolutely so i would say uh The the uniqueness about me, I'm also a Mm non-traditionalist. I did not come into DEI wanting to go into DEI originally. I was also not an HR practitioner originally. So I am someone someone who came from the business side, Uh, went through a journey of self-discovery, went through a journey of finding my purpose, uh, not just at work, but in life um that led me to dei so it's a very purpose-driven uh, approach that got me into this career uh i've done uh retail done uh retail management operations uh did tech uh it was a technical leader at one point when it comes to i.t and because of the work that i did there plus Having interaction with different leaders across different organizations, but in the same time volunteering to do mm-hmm. DEI on my own, uh, help leading employee resource groups, going out there and uh, attending conferences so I can develop my DEI skill skill sets, led to my journey into the career. So when at Best Buy, which is one of the retailers uh, retailers for electronic retail in the world, um, at that organization, when I was doing, I was working in IT and things like that. Um, the leaders saw me being very active in, in the DEI circle, even though I was this IT guy <laughs> in right. their mind. Yeah. And they said, why, why don't you just do this for a living? And I, at that point, I was like, DEI is a, is a well, at that point, diversity, mm. <laughs> diversity, then diversity and inclusion, things like that. At that time, I didn't even know that was a job, didn't know that was a career path, let alone, uh, knowing to go after that, um, was not even part of HR at that point. I was very much a, I did functions when in it, I did business. And when it comes to our commercial and sales side of the house. So by the time I got into DEI, I was like, I think I can bring a different perspective into DNI when the leader said, why don't we do this for a living? And I said, yes 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 i'm happy to do it i want to bring an element of business an element of not just hr but where does it impact the organization as a whole but in the same time also how does it impact me as a person and having all those elements of diversity uh definitely contributed to my direction if that
0: makes sense. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense. And I think I can totally resonate with you where you've come into DEI through passion. Um for me it's it's very much the same. Um I have really started the podcast because I have a passion for diversity, equity and inclusion and I want it to be something that everyone for the future generations to not have to experience some of the things that I had to experience coming into the workforce. Um, and also not just the workforce coming into coming into to my life really as I grew up, um, let's be honest, we're at work pretty much 90, 95% of the time. Um, so if I'm having to show up to work so often and it plays such a big part in my life, then I should want to be able to bring my true self. I shouldn't have to feel like I'm not being heard. I shouldn't have to feel like I'm being passed over. Any of those sorts of situations, I, I don't think that we need to, to, to really have those.
1: I love that you let you went right there. That's, that's the truth of the work. So when we think about DEI, people tend to think in business sense, in a HR sense only, uh, and at best business sense. But when you think about it, it's a life experience that doesn't stop at the door uh, they, they always say oh, leave your life at the door when you come into work or at, they used to say that yeah the reality it does not work like that and you said something that hit key to my heart um, you said about our next generation that is my purpose whenever I say I do DEI work my purpose is to make a better world better environment so the next generation has a better chance than we did so right now, I mentioned I'm a proud new uncle of a mixed race baby. Uh, my, my sister, of course, is from uh, is, is of uh, Ch- uh, Chinese American descent. My brother-in-law is from a ca- ca- Caucasian background, so um, a, a Eastern European type of background. So I know for a fact that my of course, my nephew is mixed, but I really don't want him to have the challenges I had walking in, in my shoes. And no matter what elements of diversity he has, um, because it's not about what you look like or what specific um, diversity elements that are invisible as well. It is what do you as a person bring to the table is what matters, right? Right. And those life experiences is what the EI practitioners should look to as, as the North Star and the purpose of how we go after the work. So when you mentioned about your, your future, I, 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 I kind of want to hear a little bit more why you, you decided to do this podcast more. For,
0: for me, I grew up in a fairly big family. Um, my parent, my grandparents immigrated over from Jamaica and um, my mom is one of six and five of her brothers and sisters. I think there's only one which doesn't no longer lives in the UK, and she uh, moved to, to Canada. But majority of all her siblings are here in the UK. And actually, they live approximately, I'd say about 30 minutes away from each other, <laughs> 30 minutes to an hour away from each other. And um, so we are very close family, very close knit. And growing up, with a family that was so close and we did a lot of activities together I feel like I was in quite a bit of a bubble and um I never felt like I had any issues within my family of being able to express myself or feeling different or feeling alone um And I'm a twin as well. So there's that to add to the mix as well. So I'm definitely not alone. I've always got, I always had her next to me. Um, But actually it wasn't until I started going into the workforce that I kind of experienced those microaggressions um, where I felt like, where I was the only black girl in the room, where I was not the only woman in the room. Um, And so I then since moved forward into my career, I met my husband. And we then decided to, to have a baby, and, and I had Robin, and actually, since having her, I then reflected a little bit more on my past experiences and where I want to go going forward, and what I want her to see as mummy and what mummy and daddy are doing, because she's going to look up to, to me and she's going to look up to, to her father and I think for me, I wanted to be that role model for her and I wanted to to make as much of an impact on her life and really on the world. So when she grows up and I'm not no longer here anymore, she doesn't have to struggle with some of the things that I struggled with. And if I can just make a little, even a tiny little smidge on that, then that's good for me. And so that's my
1: reasons. (laughs) I love it, I love it. And that, that component of your purpose, that, that you wanna make it a better world, is where I see my alignment as a purpose to do diversity, equity, inclusion work, right? Diversity, equity, inclusion is not exclusive to any specific area. The way I usually tell people, diversity, equity, inclusion, if done correctly, weaves across the organization and into the community. It's not limited to the company. Um, It should definitely be aligned to the mission and vision of the organization. No issues there, definitely 100%. It should definitely have contributing value to the business. But when you think about business, fundamentally, it's about the communities that you serve. It's Mm -hmm. your clients, it's your customers, it's those you serve. So guess what? DEI is essential to that. So if you truly live DEI as a foundation to your business strategy, to your uh, way you show up internally and externally, and you really have employees coming in and truly able to bring their full self without fear, that is a huge component, without judgment, and truly allowed opportunity to shine, then you're going to be one of those organizations that is going to continue to grow, is going to be continually relevant to the market, because then you're understanding your clients, your communities, and those you serve, because you know it through your people, right? Because you're hiring people from the community. Mm. So like you, your concerns of truly making a better world for your child, for your future is very aligned with mine. That's why I usually say, if you find your purpose of why you're gonna do it, your heart and soul will be poured into it. Yeah, That's why I love this work, if that makes sense.
0: No, that makes total sense. And I think that actually, that moves on to, to my next question actually for you, um, James, is what's been your proudest moment so far since kind of beginning DEI work?
1: I- I'm gonna give you one big one and a small one. <laughs> My, my, and both of them means just as much. Mm-hmm. My biggest, uh, I guess I would say achievement, uh, in my work is that no matter which organization I was in, I, and I've been in a couple, uh, I was able to influence organization. I always left a legacy, something that people remembered why I did the work I did and has left some ripple effects. For the organization i know that because i still have employees from other companies reach out to me remind me that hey the stuff that you did might have morphed but it came from what you did when you were here i still get that to this day from companies i haven't uh, been in for years um, so that means a lot um, that the organization still has certain elements that of where the work i did with dei really got rooted into the organization so that's number one Number two, I would say, and these are the individual conversations I've had, where I get emails from people that I might have never realized I affected, um, had that had come to me and said, I'm so happy that you came to our company or the work that you've done because we've never had this level of comfort and belonging that was addressed. And I've had, Individual people shoot that email to me. I've had people ask me during uh, to have a meeting and talk through it, and it it just solidifies my urgency to make this real because it is affecting people's lives, whether people realize it or not, it, and whether I realized it or not, I, it it impacts people both mind and heart. So that that I would say has been my two parts. One leaving a legacy to truly impacting individual people lives along yeah. the journey. Yeah,
0: and just how did, you, how did you do it? How did you create that ripple effect, that legacy?
1: One of the things I will always say when it comes to this work, it cannot be the responsibility of the DEI team. It cannot be, or the EDI leader. It is not the only responsibility for them. It had to be the responsibility of all the leaders involved And then also the 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 base so every employee needs to participate in DEI for it to succeed you're always going to have laggards you're always going to have people that's going to take more time to to join that journey Mm. but you have to involve people and that's the one thing I made sure when it came to any of my organization it was not just me it was other people who saw the vision of what it means to create an inclusive environment that really created a sense of belonging that every element of diversity is not just respected but honored and that required leaders to commit Mm. both their time and resources because that's one of the big ones resources 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 but that that commitment from individuals from leaders And I'll give an example from my organization currently. I know there's not many ERGs out there that has direct access and ability to reach their C-suite direct report, those who report to the CEO. My organization, we do. Every single one of my employee resource groups is led by uh, by an executive sponsor that sits uh, at a role that's directly reporting the CEO, number one. Number two, my ERGs, get to present to our board of directors. Not many organizations do that, where they truly invest in the quality of work they deliver. But I will say, just as it's important that they have the opportunity, my ERGs are given uh, opportunities and development so they know how to deliver to our executive team, know how to deliver to our board of directors, and they have strong business plans that are tied to the organization. but highlights their unique diversity within the organization and beyond and that's just one element
0: a lot of intersectionality when they come when you talk about diversity equity inclusion how is that implemented into your organization where you are addressing the Intersection? i can't get my words out
1: (laughs) intersectionality absolutely I would say the biggest thing is going to be making sure that one, all the ERGs are understanding what the mission of the organization is on. So, of course, your, your organization, uh, your employees, their employees, they, they need to not take off their employee hat and have the ERG hat separate. It needs to be one and the same. So, a, as the strategy gets developed for each of the employee resource groups, one, they all have somewhat of a structure and alignment where they understand what they're targeting. And it has to help support the company's mission, one. Two, the strategy needs to be sound and it has to be executable and measurable. So that's something that we do in in our space. And not just for the employee resource group, but in general, employee resource group is just one element of Mm -hmm. diversity, equity, inclusion. We do it when it comes to our hiring practices, how we're going to measure our retention, our development of our team members, How are we finding ways to truly contribute to innovation? There's ways to track and ways to hold accountable. And that's how I kind of set that tone for my employee resource group. It has to support the business. The business plan has to have clear uh, ROI and has to be measurable. And then you have to be able to get buy-in from people. So it has to be something good because if it's it's not really worth it, people are not going to buy in. They're not going to support so again, it's really a business plan, not just an ERG plan, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. And
0: for you, what's been the impact of, of having those, those things implemented with your ERGs?
1: I would say from uh, from three parts. One, for those employee resource groups that, that contribute to the work, they feel like they, there's a sense of purpose. They're contributing parts of what they find value in. And it directly correlates with the organization. Two, the organization is seeing nuggets of, of, of things and possibilities from these different groups that they never really considered. Because again, it's about thinking outside of the box. Yeah. Well, guess what? DEI is thinking outside of the box because you're exploring something beyond the box, right? That's what DEI really is. It pushes you outside of that box. And then number three is really helping people understand that, ultimately you have to align your purpose to what you're trying to do. So when these when these people who are contributing their time, efforts to help make this a more inclusive organization, they're realizing they're also making a better world for themselves as well as any family members they wanna bring into the organization, their friends and networks they're trying to bring into the organization. So having that clear purpose helps people drive forward in the space because I'll tell you right now DEI work is tough it is not something that 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 is something you just check a box it is very much one of those things that you have to commit to you have to care about and once you do it's what drives you just like you said you're doing this because you want a better world for your daughter i want a better world for my nephew so that will never run out of steam. That's going to give me plenty of fuel for years to come. So, I hope that kind of gives you a little bit of
0: that. No, totally. Thank you. Thank you for that. And what's been the toughest phase in in your career? And yeah, because I think mean, we've talked. You've you've touched on the the DEI. It's it's hard. It is tough. Um, what what I'm interested to know what's been the toughest phase for you
1: I would say my toughest part of the journey has been the 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 spot about how how do I self-care in the process so I don't overdo it because one thing I've realized is that just because I'm this passionate about DEI I see the value that it can bring to an organization the value it brings to uh individuals doesn't mean everyone sees it through my eyes right that's the element of diversity so the biggest challenge most of the time is always having to put myself in someone else's shoes making sure that i translate the message the vision the purpose so that someone else finds that connection and that takes me constantly rethinking rephrasing and making sure it's relatable to someone else. So I really like, for example, whenever I talk to my executive teams, um, it's very much about, tell me what is keeping you up at night? Once I understand that, well, this is how DEI really relates to that. So I'm speaking at their language, their concerns, their, their outlook and their eyes, because it has to be translated. Because one of the biggest challenges for DEI practitioners in general is getting that buy-in from leadership, that resources, that commitment. But the reality is, if you want their support, you need to understand them and what drives their day-to-day needs. Does that make make sense?
0: That makes total sense. And what would you say is the best way to approach that buy-in?
1: Uh, one saying that people like to use is you've got two ears, one mouth, right? I have a tendency of very much asking questions, listening to my leaders, being involved, I want, they get to see me care and listen to what they're delivering, what they're working on. So like, for example, when I have business leaders who are presenting, uh, their next strategy, it's not related directly immediately to my work, but guess what? I will show up. I will listen. I will say, you know what, this makes sense. I can relate. Then they know that you're committed to them and their day job and their work. Then they can give you the same respect back because you're also one, know what they're dealing with. Two, you're able to correlate and connect where DEI was really a, 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 an amplifier to, for their success in that work that they're working on. So I would say that is the biggest piece really get to know your business leaders, really get to know their business. And then from there, connect the dots.
0: Great, thank you so much, James. I think um, you've given us so many great nuggets there for our conversation. Um, And just before we we part ways, what advice would you give to the DEI leaders of tomorrow?
1: I I would definitely say, find your purpose. DEI and purpose are not mutually exclusive, right? When you find that purpose that helps drive you on a day-to-day effort in this work, it will help you get through the tough times because it's gonna be be tough times. And the other thing is, if you burn out, who else is gonna do it? So make sure you really find that core that's gonna keep you in there and help drive you towards your purpose and, truly making change for the world because it takes all of us to do it
0: yeah no totally agree I think I completely can resonate if if you once you find your purpose (laughs) you feel so much more fulfilled you've got the drive to keep going even in those days where you don't really feel like wanting to do anything (laughs) and you're kind of wanting to hide behind hide under the blanket but once you find that purpose you've got a reason to get up in the morning and to keep on going so thanks again so much james for this conversation today Um, and for our listeners how can they connect with you
1: i welcome anyone to uh add me to your linkedin i'm i'm on there so i do answer messages i might not be right away but i always try to reply back
0: great all right that's fantastic well thanks again james and hopefully we can speak again soon
1: Wonderful, thank you for having me.